Here we go, episode 21 of the Q Review, brought to you by, as always, Barely's House of Blues and Ribs, downtown Halifax. Chris Tracy here, your host, along with Theo Iatru. What is up? What's going on, everybody? What's going on, Chris? I'm good. Glad to be back on this start of spring here. We're getting fired up, end of the season, and uh, can't wait for playoffs here. Good St. Paddy's Day? Oh, I don't know if I remember much, but it was good. It was good. But it was uh, it was acceptable though. On that holiday, it's acceptable to have a vivid or not a vivid memory. Even what about you? Well, I didn't do too much. I was sick that day, but um, yeah, true. You know, just kind of hung out, hung out with the girlfriend. Uh, yeah, didn't do a lot. So, but yeah. we you saw a cue. My brother, he said he saw a cue yeah. review hat at oh, Wolfville. <laughs> You're, <laughs> it's a funny story. We, me and Stephen were we're next to, next to each other and Steven had the key review hat um our photographer if people don't know who Steven is he's our photographer guy shout out Steven um and your brother just comes up to us goes uh cute key review by Chris Tracy and I were like yeah that's us it was funny your yeah, brother's no. a beauty Colin texted me and he goes Chris are you and Theo the only ones that own key review hats and I said no no we we have a couple up there so <laughs> He was like, oh, I thought I might have saw Theo, but no, <laughs> wait, the, there's a funny pic of Colin and Steven circulating. Yeah. So, yeah, that was funny. That was good times, so. though. Oh, yeah. Shadow he's Col- always Shadow Colin. Yeah, Shadow Colin. He uh, he had a good weekend. He, uh, he had a good time. <laughs> I bet he did. But yeah, no, it's good. Playoff yeah. race is heating up, like you said. Um, oh, yeah. I believe it's Blainville, Valdor, and St. John are all tied for the last spot. Yeah. So down to the only, wire. Only three, two, two games left. Three games left. I th- yeah, I think, I think Valdor has two mm-hmm. or three, and then one of those teams has two, and the others have mm-hmm. three. So it'll be interesting to watch. I'll definitely be watching some stuff tonight. Uh, yeah. Sherbrooke and Gatineau play tonight. Uh, chance for first in the West. So that'll be a doozy. That um, would keep my eye on that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um. Look at the CHL top 10, though. Everything stayed the same, essentially. Uh, Gatineau's in first, Sherbrooke at four, Halifax at five, Quebec at six, and then Victoriaville is out of the honorable mention spot, which is why I like um, their playoff matchup. Mm-hmm. Who did I say they were playing last week? Drummondville. Oh, Drummondville, that, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I like Drummondville, man. Victoria's slipping at the wrong time. It's... Damn. I, that's, it's it's a tough one with the queue. Like, we keep talking about these stand. It could literally go. It's like March Madness with basketball. It could literally go either way. It's crazy. It'll be fun to watch. I think Halifax's uh, first game is next Friday. Yeah. They play Friday, tonight, Saturday. too. So, one of their last regular seasons tonight. First playoff game, though, is next Friday. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm just, yeah. Uh, if the playoffs started today, they would play Cape Breton. That would be a fun one. That would so a few suspensions. Uh, Cole Hawkins, a game for accumulation of code, basically saying you got suspended too many times. <laughs> uh, Charles Antoine Pillow of Gatineau. This is a big one. Five games for inappropriate language. First inappropriate language suspension handed out since a uh, friend of the show, Joey Hennebury, got the same <laughs> one. So Joey. Uh, Stefan Huard Jr., one game for attempt to injure. And then Igor Goryanov, one game for high sticking. So... Nothing crazy besides Pillow, but you know what? I'm curious of what these guys say. Like, Joey wouldn't tell us. Yeah, Joey, Joey wouldn't give us the insight, but I'm sure 
might not be the nicest thing in the world, but who knows? Refs could be soft these days with the, I don't know, Q, Q not fighting, banning everything nowadays. But yeah, who knows? I want to get into the fighting stuff later, but for now, mm-hmm. Theo, I want to ask you, there was a poll out on mm-hmm. the QMJHL website. Yeah. Uh, it said, who's going to win Rookie of the Year? Uh, your options were Marcus Kiersey, Felix Lassert, uh from the Islanders and Cataracts, respectively. Uh, Maxim Massey of the Saganines, Matthias Malovsky of the Drakkar, and Thomas Verdon of the Huskies. Mm. Uh, what do you See, pick? Thomas Verdon, look, I know this might be a hot take from uh, ruin, um, not doing so well, but I had... They're they're in the mix, and I think he's kind of keeping them in it. Um, in these games, um, I know we were always talking about him at the start of the season, not so much now, but he's starting to heat up too, and um, he he really caught my eye for for sure. What about you? Uh, I think it's got to be Maxim Masse. Like we, I yeah. at least had Shakutami out of the playoffs, and Maxim Masse is like almost single handedly. Kept them there. Like point per game is a sixteen year old's impressive. I like I, that's like I Connor Bedard. That's like Connor Bedard stuff. That's like McDavid stuff. That's yeah. like Crosby stuff. Lafreniere stuff. Yeah, he's he's a special player. He's gonna have a good career. Oh, and, for sure. Uh, Malovsky, saying, I wouldn't put far behind. But yeah, yeah. I'm just saying the one like I think Maxi Massey is by far the best out of all those options. Like I think he. But the one that stood out, the one that I think maybe, I think Maxi Massé deserves it the most. But I think the one that really caught my eye and really keeping Rouen in it is Thomas Verdon. But that's just my take. Yeah. So after the poll, uh, this was this morning, so it definitely could have changed. But mm. uh, Massé got sixty-seven percent of the votes, and the rest got. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm on. So, I'm on the eight percent, baby. There you go. Any <laughs> others that you could maybe take it? There's a, like, I, I, I'm not even, sh- like, sure. Mm. There's a lot of, like, no, I, I don't know. It's don't so know. hard to classify a rookie in the queue. Yeah, yeah, because, like, I was thinking of Tyler Peddle, but he already played last season, so. And plus there's, like, game eligibility, uh, yeah. stuff like that, so. Yeah. I was thinking Jacob Steinman for the Wildcats. Yeah. Big he's reason been, why they're yeah. in third. Big yeah. reason. Like, he's won, I think, now seven of the last eight. Mm-hmm. Another reason why I said they could be a dark horse to win it all. Yeah. Uh, I still don't think anyone outside of that big four is going to win it all. But if anyone, I would say Moncton or... Really? Yeah. Well, I think the... so. Like, okay. out of the dark horses we talked about last week, like, yeah. I picked Rouen... Mugden and Drummondville. Yeah. Like, I th- I think Mugden, you know, if they can get by, you know, I think they'll be fine. Avenir Center is a big rink, right? Like, that's intimidating mm-hmm. when you go into that building. Mm-hmm. So, For and sure. plus they're good young core. Plus, I th- think they have three first-round picks this year, mm-hmm. if I'm not wrong. Yeah, they're loading up even yeah, for next so year. I think next year will be their year, so to speak. But, yeah, for now, they could surprise. They could easily make their way up uh i want to shout out the former q players who took on the u sports hockey championship the other day with the umb reds what great hockey man like that whole that, tournament oh, was unreal. that was electric you had the upei alberta brawl 
Uh, you had like, you know, you had the upsets. Yeah. Uh, UPEI taking down Calgary. So yeah. it's just fun to watch. Like it's great hockey. U Sports is very underrated. Yeah. Oh no, um, it, I, I it might be a hot take, but I think U Sport. Well, U Sports is better than the Q maybe because these guys are older, they're faster, they're stronger, and they just like AUS in general. Um, well, Sean Sean broke it down for us pretty well. Sean Miller. Uh, if you haven't mm-hmm. checked out his episode, do that because it was very talking about like rushing too early to the queue and like yeah. difference between U sports. Like he said it best, like the queue is like a production league, right? Like mm-hmm. in the AUS, you're going to see a lot tighter games. You're going to see a lot like faster pace, yeah. hard hitting. So you don't yeah. see a lot of huge hits in the queue. Yeah. And you're not going to see fighting there anymore. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, but those players, Nick Blagden, uh, Ben Corby or Ben Corbet, Ross McDougall, Kale McCallum, who was with Valdor until literally two months ago. Uh, Chris McQuaid, Simon Pennard, and Sam Richard. McDougall and Richard got tournament All-Stars, and Sam Richard won tournament MVP. And Tanner Summers as well, he was there. Uh, Gardner McDougall, also the coach. Uh, I think that was their eighth national championship with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, coach Seadogs the Mem Cup last year, so in nine months' time, he took home a U Sports Championship and a Memorial Cup. Mm-hmm. So not a big deal, but not a big deal at all. Also, shout out to friend of the show Ryan Bessie, video coach for UMB, also took home the gold. So shout out Ryan. Ryan, I'm actually in his room right now as we speak. <laughs> there you, there so <laughs> for anyone that didn't know, uh, Ryan's parents are my billets currently. So. Um, Team of the week, uh, Joshua, uh, eight points in three games. Uh, highlight, he had a hat trick and two assists against Valdor, fourth hat trick of the season. How about 90 points in 41 games? How about that? Ew. Holy. Uh, Matias Malowski, who we said could be rookie of the year, six assists in three games. Uh, he leads all QMJHL rookies with assists with 49. Uh, next closest has 32. So that says a lot about his production. Setup man, playmaker, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Alex Doucette, uh, Q player of the week, seven, sorry, eight points in three games. Fourth hat trick of the season against Bathurst, all with Halifax. Oh, um, so that stat I was looking up last week, since joining Halifax, he has 29 goals in 33 games. Unreal. Red Red Wings are lucky, man. Yeah, you that's it. that was a good signing. That was a great yeah. signing. You know, the Red Wings are a good pick for him because the Red Wings always put their guys in the minors for at least, like, four years. I think it took Anthony Mantha, like, three or four years to yeah. get into the NHL as a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. QMJHL Player of the Week. Uh, Etienne Morin, six points in three games. Uh, I was looking at Central Scouting. He's now 24th on Central Scouting, so that... I think he was outside first round last time we checked that, but 65 points in 64 games so far. Another big reason why I think Moncton's going to go kind of far. Mm-hmm. If they don't go far, they're at least going to like go further than expected is my take. Yeah, it's uh, And no surprise here, Tristan Leno's on the team of the week again. Mm-hmm. Uh, five points in three games. He 79 points on the season, eight points clear of Freddie Brene for the QMJHL defense leaders. So I think he's sealed defenseman of the year. Mm. 
I think. I don't um, think there's anybody like close to be like yeah, I think like you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was well, two his two way game's good too. Such a yeah. good skater, like oh great first passes all the time. If you've yeah. never seen Tristan Lino play, watch some highlights because he's very good. I've seen him live twice. He's very yeah. good. Yeah. And Jacob Steinman also on the team of the week. 30 saves against Ramuski, 32 against Charlottetown. And like I said, I think he could be nominated at least for Brookie of the Year. Uh, 20 and 19, 305 goals against 901 save percentage. His defense not doing him any favors. I don't know if you've seen that. Besides Moran, like, they have a couple good guys, like Pundowski's good, and yeah. but their defense isn't as caliber as, say, like Quebec's or Halifax's or yeah. things like that. Um, yeah. Any other news you have for us? I think that's it. Um, the, the big news is the uh, Cube and the fighting, but we'll talk. Okay, about let's that. get into that. Because, oh, you want to uh, go into it? All right. Yeah, let's get into that. So explain me this. So they want to <laughs> cut injuries down. I believe is why they want to do it. Yeah. Like head, they said all about concussions and stuff like that. Okay. So here's the thing. They wear helmets. Mm-hmm. So unless you're taking your helmet off or you're like, not very good at fighting, your yeah. helmet should be on. That shouldn't yeah. be that big of an issue. Yeah. Um, and my concern is you take fighting out, star players are going to get hurt. That's oh, what happens. Sure. Like you think about... Way back when when Wayne Gretzky played, mm-hmm. um, no one touched Wayne Gretzky because yeah. Marty McSorley was yeah. right over there waiting for him. Yeah. Right? So they've already taken that out of the game, taken the, what's it called, enforcer rule. Yeah. Like if someone goes after your star player, you're allowed to pound the wheels off him. Yeah. And so, like, they took that out. Crosby gets hurt all the time. And I think that'll just increase if you take fighting out because yeah. let's say Jordan Dume gets absolutely lit up. Let's say he goes off on a stretcher. We can't even do anything about it because yeah. you'll get booted and suspended. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So same with I, Theo Rochette. Same with Josh Waugh. Like, it's the same thing. I, I think it's ridiculous. Yeah. But I, I think it's the worst rule ever in the century of hockey. Like, it's not even just... Um, uh, like goons running after the star players. It's going to be anybody too. Everybody's going to just start um, slashing each other. Just like, it's not good. It's not good hockey. It's not going to be good hockey. I don't think like in the scrums it's, I, I think it's, yeah, like you said, everybody's going to get in injuries. And like when people progress to the NHL, they're not going to be ready for it. You know what I mean? So I don't well, know. Well, yeah. yeah. Unless you go to U sports, like every pro league yeah. fights. Yeah. That's so I mean. you, yeah. You come into the queue next year as a 16-year-old, you're not allowed to fight. Mm-hmm. And eventually you go pro, your fighting's brand new to you. Yeah. Now it's different when you're in U18 and yeah. you go to the queue and you start to fight. They groom you for that. Yeah. But once they go to the pros, you're not fighting between the ages of 15 and, well, actually, you're not fighting from when you're born to, let's say, let's say you make the NHL at 20. Yeah. Right. You're not ready for that. That's mm-hmm. you got Ryan Reeves coming at you. Exactly. Like, That's what I mean. Never fought before. Yeah. Right. Like, I just think, sure. The, I think the penalties they have now are enough. Like, I think it's a five and a 10 minute misconduct. Like, OK, that's fine. Yeah. That'll cut it down. Don't take it out altogether. Yeah. Right. Like, like uh, I 
I, I, I totally disagree with it. It's yeah, like part of my language, but it's bullshit. It is like it's so stupid. The, I, I, I and the, I think it's gonna make the like the viewership go down too. Like I don't think people are gonna go to these games as much or Moosehead's games as I know. Well, I know they are good or just any other uh, games. Q Q games like they're not gonna. That's what people want to see is fighting. Yeah, well, it definitely won't make it better. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, you think of how many people watch NHL just to watch fights. Yeah, get drunk and watch fights. Like, that's pe- what people want to do, and people yeah. can't do that anymore. Well, we we can get more into that another time. <laughs> I don't want to. Well, that gets, me, that gets you fired up, though. I don't <laughs> want to spend the whole whatever we got, whole, 40 yeah. minutes. Um, so I got some weekday recaps. Uh, 3-1 Charlottetown over Cape Breton. Uh, that's a big one for Charlottetown because they're fighting for a spot right now. Uh, Marcus Kiersey, Owen Hollingsworth, and Ross Campbell for the Islanders. Jacob Newcomb for the Eagles. Uh, Alex Doucette, three goals in a win over Bathurst. Uh, let's see here. Jordan Dume, Attilio Biasca, and friend of the show, Zach LaRue, got goals as well. Cole Larkin, Dominic Godin, and Donovan Arsenault score for the Titan. And Josh Fleming made 45 saves, also having a very underrated season on a very, very, very bad Bathurst team. They're they're the only team right now that are not that I don't think they can mathematically make the playoffs. No. We are looking That's at today. I don't think they can. Yeah, and they, they don't have their first overall pick, which sucks. Yeah. 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 Because they can that to me. Yeah. So well, no, yeah, yeah. The Hedrick Lapierre trade. Yeah, so. that's right. Yeah. That sucks. Um Quebec beats Blaineville five two. Uh, however, Blaineville was up one nothing at that one point, so that's a win, I guess. Um, Theo Rochette, Justin Robita, Zach Bulduke, Veselod Komarov, and Jeremy Langlaw scored for the Remparts. Uh, Thomas Paquette and Alex Blay scored for the Armada. Uh, Moncton beating Ramuski 5-3. Yon Loshing, Anthony Hamill, Jonas Tybell, Etienne Moran, and Maxim Barbashev scored. Jacob Simon, 30 saves, like we mentioned before. Nathan Levesque getting his first Q goal for the Oceanic. Uh, he was a training camp invite by Drummondville in 2021 and 2022, born in Winnipeg. So that's kind of cool. Guy from out nice. west coming over. Nice. And also kind of cool that his last name's Levesque, but he's not from Quebec. Levesque from Quebec isn't from Quebec. Julian Balin and Xavier Filion scored the other ones for the Oceanic. Uh, Gatineau doubled up Drummondville 4-2 off goals from Zach Dean, Alexis Gendron, Isaac Bellavo and friend of the show, Cam McDonald. So, attaboy, Cammy. He go. was on a streak of like five games in a row scoring Man, after he came on the show. Unreal. He's been like fighting. after he came on the show. Like, he was yeah. great. He, uh, he Jeremy LaPointe. That's right. And Sam Oliver scored for Drummondville as well. Uh, Riley Mercer, 36 saves. So, I don't think it's fair to judge Drummondville off that game because Gatno's nasty. They're beating everybody. Uh, 7 4 for Sherbrooke. Uh, seven different goal scores for Sherbrooke. I'm not going to name them all because I don't want to run out of breath. Uh, Cole Hawkins, though. Jacob Melanson's on there. David Spachek. Uh, Justin Poirier scored a couple goals for Bay Camo. So, good game there for Poirier, who's actually, I think, second in goals right now for rookies. Uh, only game on Thursday the 16th was Shawinigan beating Victoriaville in a shootout. That was a huge win, I think, for Moncton. Wildcast podcast was all over that. They were fired up because <laughs> were... Victoriaville's behind Moncton, I think, right now. 
Uh, Felix Lassert and Stephanie Huard Jr. scored in the shootout, while Lou Felix Denis and Alexis Balfon scored in regulation. Remy Delafontaine, 29 saves and second star. Thomas Belgard and Justin LaRose for the Tigra. Speaking of Shawinigan, where's Geo, man? I haven't seen Geo in the game highlights in ages. Man, man speaking of Geo, shout out Geo for always liking our uh, shit on uh, on our uh, um, Instagram. But I, I don't know, man. I've I've been catch. I need to catch up. I'll, I'll talk to him as uh, soon as possible. But yeah, I don't think he. I don't think he's been playing much. You gotta get on that story. I haven't. Yeah, Geo always likes our stuff. So shout out Geo, friend of the show, yeah. Geo Dimitia. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just like haven't seen him in a while. I'm scared. I'm nervous. He's like, yeah, is he okay? I, I, I think I think he's fine. I don't think he he might have been injured, but I don't know. Okay, uh, okay. I'll I'll uh, let you know next pod. Right on. Uh, Friday, March seventeenth, uh, St. Patrick's Day, the day that everyone pretends they know the song "Patty Murphy" by Great Big C. <laughs> um, Cape Breton three to one over Bathurst. Antoine Waugh got a goal. Cam Squire scored a couple. Ty Higgins for the T10. Also, I'm sure everyone wore their nasty St. John, or not St. John, St. Patrick's Day threads. Oh, yeah, those are sick. Yeah, Yeah, those are dirty. All the teams usually do well. So, Uh, 4-3, Halifax over St. John. Very close game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jordan Dume, Atilio Biasca, Evan Boucher, and Alex Doucette scored for the Mooseheads. While Vince Elliott, Danny Akush, and friend of the show, Pete Reynolds scored for the Sea Dogs. Big week for friends of the show. They're buzzing, man. They're buzzing. Moncton shootout win over Charlottetown, two to one. Cole Bishop shootout winner, while Alexis Daniels scored in regulation. Jacob Simon first star with 32 saves and four more in the shootout. Michael Horth for the Islanders. That's a name I haven't heard in a while. Uh, big game here, very close one. Quebec six five over Victoriaville. Uh, five second period goals for Quebec, three third period goals for the Tigres. So very back and forth. Yeah, third period. Uh, wow. Nathan Goche and Zach Duke scored twice, while James Malatesta and Justin Robita scored singles. Tommy Cormier, Nikita Pristapov, Frederick Brunet, Frankie Iacenza, and Igor Baranamway scored for the Tigres. I was very proud to pronounce that name correctly. Um, you got it. That's the guy on Victoriaville that ha- spells his name like MB. You, do you know who I'm talking about? I don't think so. Yeah, it's spelled M B U R A N U M W E. Jesus. Like and I listened to the pronunciation and it's Baranamway. Or Baranamway. Right it's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> uh, 7 1, Sherbrooke over Rouen. Couple goals for Brabanich. Uh, Ethan Goche, Justin Gill, Marc-Andre Gadet, Israel Menenskum, and David Spachek for the Phoenix. Edward Cornoyer for the Huskies. And then you got Gatineau beating Shawinigan. Shocker, Gatineau mm-hmm. wins. Um, Alexis Gendron with a couple goals there. 38 saves for Frankie LaPena. Friend of the show, Cam McDonald, also scored. There you go. Drummondville 5-1 over Valdor. Xavier 4-10 with a couple goals. Tyler Peddle scored. Justin Cote, Jeremy LaPointe. Louis Robin score for the fours. Mathis Luce, 40 saves. Valdor pulled the goalie with five minutes left down Ooh, three. That's such um, a that's a that's a Patty Waugh thing to do. Yeah, I was just gonna say that's I, that's crazy. They got scored on, so I mean <laughs> <laughs> didn't really work, but no surprise. Uh Bay Camo squeaks one out against Blainville two to one. Isaac Dufort and Justin Poirier with goals for Bay Camo. 
Miles Denis scored for Blaineville. Charles Edward Gravel, 36 saves. Uh, there were no goals beyond the 41 second mark in the second. So uh, Olivier Charlo got first star with 29 saves. Big goaltending duel. There you go. And then last one of the weekdays. Well, until we turn it over to Brady. Yeah, yeah we finally have an interview. I'm pumped. Yeah, finally there have you an go. interview back. Um, Shakutami beating Ramuski 4 3 in overtime. Emil Duquette won it. 151 into or 152 into overtime. Thomas De Rousseau, Emmanuel Vermet, and Alexis Moran score for the Sags. Luca Vero, Julian Balin, and Mathis Loran scored. It was Loran's first career goal, third round pick of Rimouski in 2021. There you go. So that is it for the weekday games. Um, like we said, finally have an interview. How are you? Let's go. <laughs> Talk, uh, we, sign yeah. up or we're back. We got uh, Brady Burns, um, Valley guy, so good guy. Um, <laughs> Memorial <laughs> Cup champion Brady Burns, uh, all-time scoring leader for the Sea Dogs, Brady Burns. Um, tied for most career points as a Sea Dog, Brady Burns. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we Brady, we had a good chat, and uh, we're happy to bring him on for you. So let's turn it over to Brady Burns of the St. John Sea Dog. All right, joining us for the key review, fifth season with the St. John Sea Dogs. Please welcome Memorial Cup champion Brady Burns. What's up, Brady? Uh, not too much, you know, just uh, just in St. John, enjoying the enjoying the life. Not too much going on around here, but same old. So Memorial Cup champion Brady Burns, has that sunk in yet? I'd say now it has. Yeah, it's uh, just a full season past now, so I uh, had a lot of time to enjoy it and. Uh, Kind of moved on from it now. Obviously, I'll never forget that feeling. But uh, obviously, a full another season now since it's happened. It's been uh, you still still right in the back of your mind. But it's uh, kind of moved on. Tried to get in the playoffs this year, but yeah, the Memorial Cup's really special, and it's hard to forget. <laughs> One of the hardest championships to win in sports, especially junior sports. Walk through that final, you know, five seconds of that game with us. Just talk about what was going through your mind. Yeah, there <laughs> there really wasn't much going through my mind. You know, it was pretty like crazy. It was just like the whole. I feel like the last minute and a half of the game was probably like ten minutes long. Just the way everything came down to the end. There's so many whistles and just how loud it was in there, and it just felt like it was forever. But when we got to go on the ice, it was pretty crazy and so loud in that building. The fans were awesome and just such a cool tournament in general. But to end it off like that was just surreal. I know you stopped into Wolf Hill at the Memorial Cup, but talk about your day with the Cup. How'd you spend? How'd you spend it? Yeah, so I uh, I got it in uh, the morning, and I brought it to Wolf Hill skate. Brought it down to the rink actually, and just let the minor hockey kids uh, come in and see it and type of thing. So that's where I obviously played minor hockey when I was younger. So just did that for a little bit, and then brought brought it over to Joe's and had some some friends and family type of thing there, and I had a had a good time there and not too not too much but it was obviously a fun day I, I didn't want to do anything too crazy I just want to enjoy it but uh yeah I was happy happy to have the cup for a day so speaking of family your dad Darren Burns has been coaching the Acadia Axemen since I've been alive um how how has he influenced your hockey career I'd say yeah he, he's obviously influenced me a lot just being around the ring since I was a kid just with that always being his job and uh you know, obviously getting on the ice extra just with him being the coach and being around the players is something that just brings him to the game of hockey. And that's what kind of grew me to love the game is just always being at the rank and him as a coach, you know, you can kind of 
teach me through a few things. So I think that's always kind of been uh, something that stayed around. And uh, yeah, just I think when you're when your dad's working in the hockey industry, it's gonna intrigue you to kind of come in and at a young age. That's what I did, and uh, it's obviously never stopped. So, is he trying to nudge you to come to Acadia? No, he's pretty good with that. I, I think like obviously be a great place to go and stuff but uh you know it's kind of just talking hockey not really any recruiting going on it's just uh it's obviously a unique situation because it's obviously a place I could could end up in the future so it's uh it's kind of funny that way but yeah just kind of just talk hockey nothing more much than that so so we talked before you said you didn't really have any pro deals you're you had a couple school deals um is there any you're like leaning towards like are you um, I think, uh, it's just kind of a thing that I got to take day by day. And, uh, right now I'm just trying to focus on kind of getting a team in the playoffs type of thing. And, uh, whatever comes after that comes after that. I'm not really too, uh, too quick to make a move on anything. Just, uh, just kind of wait and see what happens. And uh, obviously school is a great option. I'm from Port Williams, it's three or four minutes from Wolfville. So it's, uh, it's obviously a close place to me so I'm very familiar with the area and uh, it's obviously a place I'd be really happy to go if that that did happen so uh, not really jumping on anything yet too soon but uh, whatever happens uh, I'm sure it'll be good for me so yeah so you guys are still in the playoff race the Sea Dogs uh, you had so much turnover last year uh, you're just holding on to a playoff spot this year uh, if you guys make it do you guys think you could make some noise <laughs> No, I mean, yeah, that's always the goal, especially as a lower seed team. You know, you're not expected to win in the first round, especially if you're going to come in at 15th or 16th. But that's kind of the, the good part about being that, that low in the standings is you come in with nothing to lose. So I think that's uh, the opposite of what happened with our team last year. So I think it's cool to be on the other side and kind of come in and try to do the best you can. And uh, obviously, you're, you're not expected to win. So I think come in and try to do our best against the top team. And you never know what can happen in playoffs. So I think it's a really good opportunity for our group. And uh I guess we'll see what happens. Okay, you guys were like kind of in the basement, like I'd say about halfway through the year. Like when we talked to Cam and Pete, you guys were in close to last. Uh, you guys went on a bit of a streak. Uh, what's your guys' mindset right now? Um, I think it's just uh win the next game mindset because obviously we're in a position that we want to be in the playoffs, but we're obviously not in a position where we can think about the playoffs already because we're not we're not clinched yet. So I think you just got to focus on the next game and trying to get those two points and then once we get in the playoffs i think it will shift over to uh who our opponent is first first and foremost and like what we can do to try to slow them down because we're going to play a, a top offensively powered team no matter who we play so i think it's uh right now it's just trying to win the next game so i don't think we've looked forward that much to who we can play and that type of thing so speaking of cam mcdonald i was watching a video of on the sea dogs instagram and he said your nickname that he gives you is Rizzo, like Anthony Rizzo. Can you talk about that? I don't think there's anything too too in depth with that. I think he was just kind of joking around. There's not much of a backstory. I wouldn't say anyone calls me that. I don't. I don't even think I've heard him call me that. But I think, uh, yeah, when the cameras come out, the boys like to get a little silly and make make some jokes up. But I don't think that's ever went too too far in the room. I don't think uh, anyone's really called me that. But I think he was just horsing around a bit. And uh, Pete tells me you're kind of like the energy guy in the room. How do you normally get the boys going? Um, I'd say I'm, I'm not too vocal, but like uh, I like to play with motion and I, I try to keep it honest with everyone. And I think that's just how I, I, I am as a player. And uh, 
don't don't want to talk too much in the room. I, I like when the boys get to do their own thing, the intermissions, and just stay focused. But obviously, just want to keep the the room light at the same time. It's a young group, so it's uh it's really hard on some young guys sometimes in the league. It's obviously a tough league to play in, so you want to be uh, supportive at the same time as trying to keep them in it as well. So, so the Sea Dogs just had their awards banquet the other day. Uh, you won top scorer, the three stars award the fan choice award and the MVP. What do those awards mean to you as like the team, you know, essentially MVP? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Obviously uh rebuilding team. So I think we, we lost a lot of high end guys and uh, we had a lot of injuries. So a lot of guys didn't get to play this year. So it gave me a chance to kind of step up and try to try to take control a little bit more than I have in the past. And uh, I think it was good for me as a player too. And uh happy I got to do it here and yeah it's it's cool words to win especially uh fan choice because you play for the fans and it's good that uh I got voted in for that award I've been here for a while so I think that helps a little bit but uh yeah they're all they're all good awards to win but uh yeah it's just what happens when you're playing in a spot where you're getting a lot of opportunity and luckily uh that's what I've had here this year so you say you play for the fans talk about playing for the fans of St. John like what it's like playing in that market yeah, obviously uh, the markets uh, are a lot different in different teams in the league, and we have a we have a bigger one, I'd say. So I think it's cool being in a in a hockey place like this, where we have a, a really nice rank and really good management and everything, and really supportive. So I think playing in a in a big place is cool. Obviously, you're not always going to get the big turnouts when when you have a good team like last year, but I think the fans have still been there this year with us, and I think the building gets really loud sometimes. I think teams also done a great job getting people in the building and. Yeah, it's really, really good to play for fans who are into it and supporting TV when they're not at the top of the standings. So, What's your favorite road rink to play in? Jeez, I think the boys were talking about that the other day. There's a lot uh, a lot that you like to play in, but I think sometimes it's usually where you play good. But obviously, <laughs> just being from the Valley, obviously, I think Halifax is cool to play in. It's close to home, and it's a really nice rink, so obviously – that's probably at the top of my list. And there's, there's a lot of other good ranks I really like playing. And there's the Quebec ranks really nice, the, the small ones. And, but Halifax is probably top of the list, just being from close to there. And just obviously the fans there are pretty energetic too. So. Is there a rank you're not a fan of? Uh, there's no ranks I don't really like. I think some of them are pretty hot, honestly. And just the, the bigger ones, usually it's, you're sweating a lot out there. And sometimes the ice gets a little soft, but I wouldn't say there's any that I dislike. So Michael Kirkpatrick, Jonathan Huberto, Matthew Joseph, Matthew Highmore. These are all guys that you have scored more goals than in your career. You're the all-time Sea Dogs leading goal scorer. What does that honor mean to you? Yeah, it's obviously a pretty cool, pretty cool thing to have. And uh, didn't expect it really to happen when I came here, obviously. But it's uh, cool now that, uh, that I got to, got to do that. But, yeah, it's a lot of great players you just named. So it's a uh, cool to kind of be in the same realm as them obviously a lot of them are nhl players now and uh yeah it's a pretty cool feeling and obviously it helps just the longevity of being here for five years it's going to help you uh help you in that term but uh yeah as you said those were really good players so it's pretty cool to be uh in that group yeah i think it's one of those records that like you you know you don't really think about it but once it finally happens you're you know you're there yeah and actually, you're tied with Huberto with points now. Um, is that kind of what you're going for in the next game? Are you thinking about getting that point? Uh, I mean, it's 
Yeah, I would say uh, I'm kind of aware of the situation by now, but uh, obviously we just kind of want to win to get in the playoffs. But I think uh, maybe that comes with it, maybe it doesn't. I'm not going to put all the pressure on the world myself, but obviously there's two games left and could happen, it could not. So it's uh, won't be in the world if I don't don't beat him. But he's obviously a really great player, so it's kind of cool to be up with a name like that. But we'll see what happens, I guess. I think you'll have to chat up Cricker and see if you can get on both power plays next game. <laughs> Might have to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your, you know, Pete said you get the boys going. Are you running Ox in the dressing room? Um, no, I'm kind of my own music guy. I think I don't really have the same taste as the other guys. So they probably wouldn't like if I hop on the Ox, but uh, I'm kind of more of a my own headphones guy before the game when I'm on the way to the rink. So I'm uh, not too loud before games, really. I'm kind of doing my own thing, kind of music and that type of thing. But there is, I think it switches around a little bit the guys like playing the playlist and stuff, but I'm, I'm never really listening to music in the room. So. Do you have a, do you have like a pregame routine that you go through through games? Yeah. I, uh, so I usually, if we're home, I go into the rank in the morning, usually around 10 and then we get back probably around lunch. I'm about 20 minutes from the rink. So I get home and uh, if my parents are in town, I always go to eat with them around three 30 out of Eastside Mario's, but if not, I'll eat uh, at my billet house uh, around 3.30 as well, and then I'll be at the rink by 4, but usually when I'm home, I kind of just rest, uh, listen to music, nothing nothing too crazy, kind of do everything at the same time every day, and get to the rink usually around 4, 3 hours before the game, so kind of get there and just relax. It's good to be at the rink and have all your stuff ready, and not to be in a hurry and just be able to focus, that type of thing, so. Your guys' team this year has 13 rookies on it. Who's really impressed you so far in their first season? Geez, a lot of them have, honestly, uh, at the start, uh, when you have a young group, a lot of rookies are really not sure what to expect. And even in the first couple of games, uh, I wasn't really known what to expect, but now we're 66 games in the season. It's crazy how many guys have progressed and obviously – Burbage has been leading the rookies, I think, in scoring. He's been really good. I think he's almost got 50 points, which is really impressive. I think uh, Matego's really stepped up in the second half. You know, I was really impressed when he plays uh, physical and he plays fast and uh, blocks a lot of shots. That's what you want as a, as a player. So it's really good to have him as a teammate. And I think uh, Bilodo on the back end has been really good. I think he just broke a record the other day for most uh, points as a rookie defenseman, and that's pretty cool for him. I was happy to see that and there's obviously there's a lot of others I haven't even named that have been really impressive and stepped up yeah I think with the alumni that have come out of your guys's program like we said Huberto uh Kirkpatrick Joseph Shabbat I think it's impressive when you guys break franchise records which is when you broke yours I was like that's great good for him yeah no it's pretty cool uh let's talk about the so I said you have you broke the record for goals. Uh, 116 goals means 116 sellies. What's your go-to sellie? Ah, uh, your favorite sellie? I think I'm more of just a maybe I'm one knee guy, maybe a little stick throw. It used to used to be a little crazy with it, but now I've kind of settled down a bit more and uh, not not nothing too crazy anymore. It's just obviously you get excited to score goals and you're always hungry to keep scoring. So uh, get excited sometimes, but I think. I think I've been throwing the stick a lot this year. It's not even thinking about it. it just happens after I score. So it's kind of yeah. my book this year. I saw the old violin Sally, I think, in your like tribute video. <laughs> that's a, I yeah. think that's like a newer one that people are trying. Yeah. 
Have you ever hit the gritty on a goal? Oh, no, I couldn't do that. I wouldn't. I've seen a couple guys do it, but it's nothing, nothing I don't think I could ever do. So. Don't want to embarrass yourself out there. Yeah, couldn't do that. <laughs> uh, you actually did get a shot with NHL. Uh, you went to an Oilers camp a couple of years ago. Talk about that experience. Yeah, it was really cool, obviously. When you think about the Oilers, you think about McDavid and stuff. So it was kind of cool to be around the facility and around guys like that and just getting the opportunity was super special for me and uh, definitely an eye-opener. Really good players. It's really fast and shows what the next level is like, honestly, and it's really grateful to be up there. It was a good experience in general. I uh, I want to bring this up because trade deadline in the queue is always, you know, a big event because it's only so many days you can trade. Um, I personally thought you were getting traded. Uh, what was going through your head during trade deadline? Uh, well, I knew that the 20-year-old market had a lot of players, so I wasn't really uh, – whatever happened, happened was my mindset, but I – I knew there was a pretty good chance at San St. John, just with the fact that there a lot of a lot of the top teams already had their 20 year olds. So I wasn't really really expecting to get traded. So I'm happy I stayed here, obviously. It's uh, it's good to spend five years in one spot. Not many people can say they did it, but I just think on the trade deadline that a lot of teams really had their guys before the trade deadline even started. So I wasn't really really that looking at it too much because I knew that I'd uh, probably be staying still and I think if you knew you're getting traded you probably know a bit before the deadline too as well just from your agents or GMs so I, I think I knew there's a big chance I could stay in St. John which I'm happy for and I mean there's worse markets you could have went to like at least you're staying in St. John that you know is yeah for sure right. did you catch any of the world juniors were you in Halifax for any of that um well I think it starts on boxing day and we would have been back on the 27th but I went up for uh one or two of the exhibition games there in uh, Halifax is ranked. It's pretty good to watch, obviously. Play against some of those guys, really good players. And it's cool to see the different countries and players like uh, you don't get to see them over here much. So, Being a Nova Scotia kid, what did that mean to you when you found out the World Juniors are coming to Halifax? Oh, it was pretty cool, obviously. Just World Juniors is a really big tournament. I think it's cool for the the whole uh, region of Nova Scotia. I think uh, Maritimes did a good job this year and uh, brought a lot of people in the stands. It's cool to see. I think the tournament really went really well this year. And obviously, as the older you get, you don't watch it as much because you're playing and doing your own thing. But I, I tried to watch a, a few games, and it was good to good to see Canada win. Obviously, as being a Canadian, you want to see Canada win, so it's uh, it's cool. But uh, yeah, I don't think I've been a been a fan of it as much now that I'm kind of playing against some of the guys. I think it kind of changes a bit when you get older, but it's definitely still cool to. To watch a tournament for sure we talked about how many goals you've scored brady and when did goal scoring really become a part of your game um i don't think it really ever was i was always a kind of a playmaker first i think i kind of still am to some extent but i think maybe my second year in the league i moved in that front on the power play and got a lot of goals actually just backdoor and stuff and being around the net that year and i think it kind of changed my my aspect and it gives you more confidence and i think uh Ever since then, I kind of started to turn into a little bit more of a shooter and kind of have a little puck luck, and then that just kind of stayed with me, and I kind of developed into more of a, a goal scorer, per se, and I think uh, that's really when it started. So, And last question I'm going to ask for you. I want you to give me your, you know, you're in your fifth year. Um, I want you to give me your top two memories playing in the queue so far, and I think I already know one, but... <laughs> yeah, so I think... One of them would be playing in Halifax when I was 16. Just we were 
point or two out of the playoffs, and it was their second last game of the year. And we, uh, they obviously were hosting the Mario Cup that year, and we were we had about seven 16 year olds playing that night. And uh, I think uh, we lost four three in the shootout, but I remember we tied the game to make it three three with like two minutes left, and it was a packed building. And obviously, you're 16, you're kind of starstruck playing in front of that, and it was a really cool memory in St. John. We went into that building, got a point, like a big point at the end of the season, and then. Obviously, the number one would be just winning the Memorial Cup. It was, the whole year was really fun, and uh, just that last couple of weeks were surreal, and it's a pretty crazy experience. There's no really word to describe it. It was just amazing. Well, Brady, heck of a career. Uh, rooting for you to get that last point, and uh, rooting for you in the playoffs, absolutely. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate it. No worries, man. That was Brady Burns, St. John Sea Dogs. And that was Brady Burns, St. John Sea Dogs. Uh, what a great guy, man. Like, watching him grow up in the Valley, like, I've seen him play hockey since he was, I don't know, probably 10 years old. <laughs> and, like, I always knew he had, like, potential. And so to see him become one of the greatest Sea Dogs in history is kind of cool. Yeah. Up with the names like Huberto, Michael Kirkpatrick, Matt Joseph, like. Shabbat, even. Even yeah. the defenseman. <laughs> Pretty no, cool. He, He's electric to watch for sure. For her size, like, yeah, it's unbelievable. Greatest sellies oh, yeah. in the league. For sure. All right. You got weekend games or what? Yeah, let's let's get to it. All, All right. right. So, Saturday, Bay Como beats Armada 3-1. Theo Lemieux gets Armada on the board early with his 15th point of the season. Bay Como gets three unanswered goals thanks to Matt McDonald, local kid who had two goals this game, and Felix Gagnon. Uh, first star, as I mentioned, was Matt McDonald. Second star was Oliver Carlo, who stopped 29 on 30 shots for Bay Camo. And third star was Charles Edward Gravel, who star- stopped 35 of 38 shots for Armada. Kate Breton defeats Titan 3-2. First star was Ivan Ivan, who had two goals this game. He's at 87 points so far. How about that? Second star uh, starts... Um, Sam, Sam Johnson, excuse me, on the Eagles, who had one assist this game. Third star was Trevor Thurston, who had one assist for the Eagles. Drummondville beats Rouen 6-1. to one. Tyler Peddle, who we've mentioned before from Drummondville, had himself a four-point night, two goals, two assists, which was why he was the first star. Second star was Xavier Fortin, who had one goal, two assists. And third star was Jacob Gooby, who stopped 29 on 30 shots, also a local boy from Drummondville. Sherbrooke beats Valador 9-1. to one. And Chris, I want you to see who all the th- third stars were. <laughs> what, what, yes. what is it? Joshua had a whopping five points, first star. Second star was Ethan Goche, who had one goal to assist. And third star, Justin Gill. Not a surprise there for sure. Um, Halifax defeats Moncton eight to five. Jordan Dume with another impressive night with two goals, one assist. Second star was Josh Lawrence with two goals, one assist. And third star from the Cats was Antoine Morin, who had one goal, one assist, and he's at 65 points so far. And then Gatineau beats Shawinigan five to one. No surprise here with Antoine Vero. Riley Kenny, Alexis General, Cormier, Tristan Leno, all these guys were on the board for Olympique. First star was Tristan Leno, who had one goal to assist. 
Second star was St. Louis prospect Zach Dean, who had two assists that night. And third star was Habs prospect Riley Kidney. And last game on Sunday was Quebec defeats Chicoutimi 5-3. Theo Rochette with one goal, two assists. And Olivier Adam, who stopped 29 of 26, 26 of 29 shots, excuse me. And um, yeah, pretty electric, pretty busy week. Right on. Uh, I got one last game from the weekdays. This was last night. How about a nine to eight shootout <laughs> barn burner? Jeez. So took nine rounds in the shootout. Dylan Gill finally ended it. And then you also got in regulation, Daniil Borash hat trick for the Huskies. Um, Huskies won nine eight, by the way, over Valdor. Yeah. Um, I got so caught up in the storyline of barn burner that <laughs> yeah. I forgot who was playing. Uh, Daniil Borash with a hat trick. Tristan Allard and Louis Philip Fontaine, both with five points. Uh, Francois James Buteau, Edward Cornoyer, and Bill Zonin scored in regulation. And good story here Mathis Pilon got his first career win and his first career start. Uh, probably a big reason why it was nine to eight. Uh, 34 saves, including four in the shootout. Damn. So even, even allowing eight goals is, you know, 38 saves, not bad. <laughs> they, didn't pull, they didn't pull them, though. Nope. Well, it was so back, and you'll hear it in a sec because I'm going to tell you the breakdown of the game. But uh, you got a few guys on Valdor scored for in the shootout, but William Provost, Alexander Gee, Mathis Cloutier, Frederick Potvin, Vincent N. Fredette, Thomas LaRouche, Nathan Barry, and David Doucette scored for the fours. So here's the breakdown of the game. So keep this in your head. This was the scoreboard throughout the game. Oh, God. Two nothing Huskies. Yeah, two to one Huskies, three to one Huskies, four to three Valdor, mm. six to four Huskies, mm. six five Huskies, eight five Huskies, eight eight. Jesus, very back and forth, which is it's why. Like ping well, you're not, you're not, you know, you're not going to pull that Pilong kid when you're up eight five or like when yeah. they come back, like that's just a waste, right? So yeah, no, that's true. All right. Uh, to cap things off, I'm looking at the standings. Mm-hmm. Um, Theo, I want to know a couple series that you're looking forward to. Let's say the playoffs start today. All right. So the first one that caught my eye, um, I, it might not be intriguing, um, but Halifax versus Cape Breton. Two uh, maritime teams, always a rivalry. I think we all know who would should win, at least. You never know with the Q. Um Two good goalie matchups with Oliver Santi. He's been playing. He's having an number unbelievable year. And uh, Rousseau. And uh, yeah. Um, I'm so the Eastern Conference is already set. Yeah. Um, you got Charlottetown taking the eighth spot. Yeah. However, if I remember correctly, so right now, Bathurst is obviously out. Yeah. Um, let's say St. John finishes ahead of Valdor which mm. if the playoffs started today, they would. Mm-hmm. They move into the Western Conference because if you have more points, you should. Because there's more teams in the East than there is the West, so that's not mm-hmm. really fair. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, St. John would play Gatineau. And mm. what better storyline than Cam McDonald returning to St. John? That would be electric. I mean, obviously Gatineau should win. Yeah. And you never know. Yeah. But 
It's got potential, I think. No, it's not a bad take. Uh, any um, other one you're looking yeah, at? Yeah, well, I was just looking at, I think this one um, in the Western Conference could be good. Victoriaville and Rouen. I think they're both similar teams. Um, if this, if it kind of stays the same in the standings. Um, two good goalie matchups, as I mentioned. Um, it's a young team, too. Both both teams are young. Um, so, yeah, could go either way, in my opinion. Yeah, I think, I think Victoria would only play Rouen if they went to the second round because mm. it's so, three against six. So they would play Drummondville, okay. oh, which I, I was going to say, I'm excited for that matchup. Like I said, I think Drummondville is a underdog. Yeah, I think huge yeah. sleeper team. They got everyone back. Lamaru's back. Cote's back. Riley Mercer's back. I think it could be a good series. Yeah, no, you're you're not wrong. Like, I don't I don't think it's going to be as bad as three six history would usually be. Man, I was just thinking about this. We should make a bracket challenge. QMJHO <laughs> bracket challenge. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll look episode, into it. Maybe. Yeah. We'll look into it. Okay. Um, that's all for me. You got anything to say? That's it. I Actually, I did mean... want to bring this up. This is not hockey related, yeah. but I was watching Barstool's Instagram. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anyone knows the Mean Girls podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't listen to it, oh, but I sure see the highlights. It. I see the highlights. And these girls confess that they don't wash their hands. Like what? Like when? Ever. They said, they were going on about, they said, <laughs> washing your hands doesn't do anything. And I'm thinking, what? Mm. That, yeah. like, I, I think it just depends on what you do. No, but I'm talking like, use the bathroom. Oh, They're okay. saying they well, don't wash their hands. That That's kind of revolting. That's gross. Like, I just, it blew me away. Like, and I'm not saying like, you know, I just, it just sounded odd coming from them. I was just like, yeah, no, like (laughs) coming from a dude, like maybe that's, I don't know, but from a girl that that's, I don't know. That's wow. That's wow. That's a wow to me. And we're not saying that like, it's different because of who they are. No, I'm just saying like, you wouldn't, I wouldn't expect that at all. Jeez. And so I just like the... I I like gagged when I heard that. I was like, that's gross. They were like, Yeah, we use the bathroom and I found this girl in college and she said, Oh, I don't wash my hands either. I go, Holy smokes, there's a cult of them. <laughs> I, that that uh, so that's just I'm, a, never t- I'm never touching a girl again now. There you go. I'm that's saying, a, saying, that's I'm just saying, a gross, gross topic I'm, I wanted to end yeah, off on. I'm staying so. single for the rest of my life. There you go. There you go. <laughs> all right so that was it uh episode 21 key review uh we want to thank brady burns for coming on mm-hmm. uh sharing his story with us uh you can follow us on all our socials at key review underscore pod uh you know leave comments we're starting to release our all-time teams uh we've got some good feedback so far i think mm-hmm. um thomas beauregard even shouted out you know he DM'd us and thanked us for putting us on the all-time team. So, oh, yeah. shout out to Thomas. Uh, hopefully, future episode, I was talking to him, and we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, brought to you by Barely's House of Blues and Ribs, as always. And Brady's interview also brought to you by Barely's House of Blues and Ribs. Thanks for listening. I'm Chris with Theo. We will see you next week. Thanks, guys.